It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. I am Dwayne Steinel from Two Goalies, One Mike. Sabres get absolutely boat raced in their own house tonight, 6-1 to one, uh, by the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champions. And, of course, we all know the debut of the infamous Jack Quinn from Rochester, who, uh, before he uh, came down with mononucleosis, uh, was leading the league, I believe, in points and or goals. I'm not sure if producer Steve, who's going to hop in here in a second, uh, can give us a better breakdown of that. Um, but, you know, quick thoughts we bring to producer Steven is this team absolutely sat on its heels all night and watched. They did a lot of watching tonight. They got out physically battled in all three zones of the game. Um, the one goal that drove me the most, like infuriated me the most, was Kucherov's goal to start the second period. Uh, first shot on Malcolm Subban of the night. Guy literally could have sat there and knitted a sweater uh, after he took the pass, you know, just uncontested. Nobody stepped up on him. Nobody got in the lane, and he just walked in, took his time, and absolutely uh, sniped it by uh, Malcolm Subban. Got a piece of it, but that's not the guy you want to be, you know, testing your your goalie for the first time of the night after coming in uh, cold after a first period from sitting on the bench. So uh, not a good showing tonight by a very depleted Buffalo Sabres lineup uh, to say the least, but you know, I'm going to bring in producer Steve here who was at the game here tonight uh, to give his thoughts. Uh, Steve, you were there firsthand for Jack Quinn's debut. Um, you know what? I, I, six shots on goal had a, my opinion, next to probably Vinny Hinnestros, was probably the best forward on the ice for Buffalo tonight. Uh, you know, out of 18 shots, sure he made up, as you mentioned before the show, he made up 30% of their chances and probably had their best scoring chances uh, of the night, for sure, without a doubt. Um, I'm not even going to try to say it nice. Jack Quinn is the only fucking Buffalo Sabre that showed up to play a hockey game tonight. Everyone else sat on their hands, sat on their heels, uh, did not even pretend to play like people who are paid professionally to play a children's game, and they just got fucking, you know what, I need to complete the wardrobe change because this is not a happy J.J. Paterka, 
be stoked about the future Jersey night. This is not that night. This is a night to break out the goat, the relic. This is the first night, and I hope the only night this season, where we break out the Where's Kim bullshit combo. <laughs> Never forget 18-game losing streak. It's not that bad right now. But that said, this was the most fucking egregious this is the worst night of hockey they've played this year, and I don't think that that's an understatement. Again, like chiming in on what Petey's, Petey's been saying all fucking week, just absolutely soft body play. I think I saw somebody take the body like maybe three or four times all night, one of which was a nice body play by Joker, which is nice. Oh, my God. Thank Yeah. Chris Durek, absolutely, yeah. Thank you for wearing the bullshit hat because that's what this game was. It was absolute bullshit. There's no nice way to say it. And I've been trying to be nice about it all season, but this was just a fuck. Like, I don't want to be a parody of the Letterkenny coach, but this was just fucking embarrassing. I, I, I sat there like, it's again, it's not 18-game losing streak bad, but this just that pit of just disappointment and shame and anger, just knowing what this team could be and then just seeing what they did. Just, you know, trying to hump a football out there. It's just, it, it was just, it's fucking, there's no other words for it. It's fucking embarrassing. And when Jack Quinn yeah. in his very first game gets 30%, and I'm not exaggerating, six of 19 shots were Jack Quinn. He's a rookie, very first game. He should not be, he should be the kid that's so nervous that he's about to shit a brick rather than potentially score two gimme goals that get robbed at the last second. It's insane. I mean, I'm glad that he was as confident as he was. That shows that he's <laughs> that he's the guy that we drafted eighth overall. But shit, that somebody else has to help the poor kid. Like, you know, Dylan Cousins and Vinny tried to set him up, but damn, it can't just be him. This no, is a roster right. of 18 people. Where's the rest of the team? It was it it was extremely difficult to watch. Um, you know, they played on their like I said, they played on their heels a lot tonight. They didn't really engage much physically in front of their not. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's what the play was a lot of tonight because I, I tweeted it out earlier tonight. I saw a lot of pucks go off that far side pad of uh, Vasilevsky, and then you saw Buffalo finally able to bury one of Vinny Henestros off a Colin Miller shot. And Colin Miller wasn't shooting to score there. He was shooting for the rebound, which is exactly, you know, what you want uh, your, your players to be doing when you're outmatched that much skill-wise. You know, you make the simple plays, you shoot for rebounds, you, you crash the net. There were a lot of opportunities there early in the game, you know, in the second period, especially where – not that's I would say the second period, in the first period – where you were you were throwing a lot of pucks on his far side pad and the rebounds were there we just weren't there to capitalize and I think Don Granado said it best in his uh, post game uh, you know they 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 took it they they held Buffalo accountable for their mistakes I mean Buffalo didn't hold them accountable for theirs um, they were greatly outshot greatly outmatched I mean it was it was a clinic out there for Tampa Bay they just you know the passing was pristine. Uh, shooting, it was like it, it, a lot of the times, even when it was five on five, it felt like we were shorthanded for a lot of that game. Yeah, I mean, there were uh, what was that 
three separate breakaways that could have potentially uh, been nice gimme goals. Uh, one of them was on the stick of Olofsson, who earned his $3 million per year scoring goals. I mean, I know he had a rough shoulder, I believe it was shoulder or wrist, but uh, that he, I don't think he's scored a goal since he's come back from that injury, and I think he needs to break this drop because I'm starting to get scared that that kid might have the yips. Like, he's just forgetting to do what he does best and just snipe, score a goal. You got to take that shit top shelf that just, again, it bounced right off that uh, – Right off that left pad, like you were saying. It uh, Jankowski, feels, it same feels thing. like maybe he's not even playing at 100%. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I, mean, there's something just not right there. You know, the zip isn't on his shot. I don't know. Like, maybe you're right. He he does have the yips. I don't know. But, you know, Victor Olsen just does not look like the same player since coming back. And it is it is very concerning, if you ask me, because I that's a guy you really um, – uh, like I'm, I'm, that's a guy you really need to step up and make plays, especially in the beginning of the season, how much better he was looking five on five. Um, it's, it's really just, it's really, it's not, you're, he's the guy you need to step up. You need him to step up in situations like tonight. And, and that breakaway he got, I mean, it was a nice play to, to get the puck away from uh, Hedman at the blue line. He needs just to bury his head and dig as hard as he can. He got cut off by foot there. Ooh, I, I'm pretty sure Olsen at least two steps on him when he, once he took away the puck. Why are you not just digging, and why are you allowing foot to cut you off, and you're not able to get the shot off that you want to shake, and you're kind of forced to take a bet, you know, a far side angle shot from a little bit farther out than where you want to, especially with a shot as dangerous as his. You want to be able to get in tight and really pick your spot there, and he didn't, you know, he didn't dig. He didn't, you know, he didn't – get the shot he wanted. Like, I don't know. Me, me, like I said, I, I just feel he's not at a hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know what his deal is, but kid needs to shape it up real quick. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's obvious that there's a lot of forward talent coming in the, coming in the game and uh, you know, coming next year. And I, I, I don't want, you know, Victor Olofsson's an RFA at the end of this season. So uh, if, if he doesn't start showing that he can be a 200-foot forward who, uh, you know, can not only contribute defensively but can also actually mm-hmm. score goals, which is something that is sometimes expected of forwards, he could uh, see himself potentially being the odd man out. I mean, there are a lot of people that have one-year deals that are, you know, UFAs that, you know, we're probably not going to see him again. You know, we're probably not going to see Cody Eakin again. We're probably not going to see Vinny Henestrosa again. We're probably not going to see a lot of these guys again. Um, but honestly, I think that's a good thing because I think we need to start making space for these people that have these, you know, three-year entry-level contracts because it's it's hard to build a team identity when your bottom six is just a rotating, like, revolving door of one-year contract guys just trying to find a place in the league and Buffalo's the only spot left, like, you know, desperate enough for depth. And they get these one-year contracts, they – you know, they do the best they can with what they got, and then it's, okay, we'll see you. And, you know, I don't know if they go off to the AHL or somebody else picks them up. I don't know what happens to these people. Sometimes you get lucky, you're Zach Bogosian, you get picked up by the Lightning because they're riddled with injuries, and uh, look at that, you just found yourself a new home. Good for you. But, uh, I, you know, I, and again, I like Olsen. I, you know, I like his ability to finish. I like what he's done with his defensive game. I don't want to see that kid become the odd man out. Because given how long he's been with the team, it would be nice for him to be a part of that culture growing forward. But, I mean, 
ultimately something needs to change in his game this year because, you know, this is kind of a a show me year, you know. It's RFA after this. So, you know, they'll have to make a qualifying offer if they want to keep him, right? So and uh it's they gotta they gotta know that it's worth it. And if it's not, it's not like we don't have the money, but still, do you really want to spend the money on a guy that isn't really fitting into the culture going forward? Yeah, I uh you 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 were you were texting with me earlier today about it with him being an RFA like that's a that's a t- that's gonna be a tough decision for Buffalo to make right like you know you have him at a good at a good number right now but it does he fit into your long term plans and I I personally think he's more of a perimeter shooter a perimeter scorer um, he's not a guy that's gonna really you know wow you with his hands he's not a guy who's going to be a playmaker. Uh, you know, a consistent playmaker, at least he's a perimeter shooter. He's a guy that you, you're, you're going to have, you know, inside the dots, uh, just out, just around the perimeter. Who's going to shoot and bury from that area. Uh, kind of like Jack Quinn, but I think Jack Quinn has a little bit more upside than Olsen as, as we saw tonight, man. Like he had so many chances, but uh, I think, I think, I think Jack Quinn has more to offer than Victor Olsen in terms of shooting uh, and just being probably at the, at, at the end of the day when, both are fully developed being a more of a all around good hockey player, you know, both ways. I just, I, I, I just, he's really driving me nuts. I, 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 you need more from this kid. And that's why I just feel from what the guy we saw to start the season to the guy we're seeing now, something's not right. Something's, something's missing there. Um, I, I really do believe he's probably playing through an injury. Um, yeah. You got here Chris Dirk, MS guys like Paul Gossett, Jokin Hesh, and Jamie McGinn. Guys who are willing to dig and fight for pucks in the corner and score goals every now and then, but also have that presence in the locker room. I agree. And I mentioned I mentioned in our group chat, like why why do people think that Nick Ritchie isn't good for this lineup? I, I just don't understand it. He is he is essentially Patrick Maroon. You take away the Stanley Cups, which I mean, yeah, okay. Patrick was a good, big uh, was a big part of those teams in St. Louis and Tampa Bay, but at the same time they're the exact same size. They think I think Maroon might have an inch on them, but they're the same weight. They play the same style of hockey, uh, and I think Nick Ritchie's not. I think I know Nick Ritchie's younger, and he probably has more upside if he finds his game again. You know, on the score sheet at least. And you look at you watch games like tonight where you're getting absolutely you know out muscled and out bodied and bullied around. You know. Is Patrick Maroon skating around laughing at us if he's got to go out there and deal with Nick Ritchie every other shift? No, he's not. He's not. Because Nick Ritchie is a guy who wouldn't allow that. That's why I just don't understand why people think that he wouldn't be a good fit on this team, especially in a season where you're dealing with COVID. And honestly, every other week you're going to be dealing with play, with, with players being on the COVID list. Why not have a guy either in your locker room or already in the taxi squad like Nick Ritchie ready to go in a moment's notice? Like, I think it really think, especially because he, he played on uh, on two different teams. I know you know he he, he started with Anaheim and he went to Boston, which again that's a you know that's a little big city. Uh, you know it's not the biggest city, but you know in terms of market and focus on its sports teams, it's pretty it, you know pretty polarizing. And then he goes from Boston to Toronto, where it's the hockey Toronto Montreal, the hockey mecca of North America. So, you know, the media is very scrutinizing there. I think he could thrive in a city like Buffalo where, yeah, sometimes the – not sometimes, the media can be tough here, but it's nothing like compared to those two cities. I mean, yeah, I think they're uh, 
I think there are still people even right now uh, trying to drag Tukarask in the comments of some Twitter threads, uh, you know. And, I mean, Tukarask has been an institution for the Boston Bruins for, what, the better over a decade now? And he's, uh, you know, he's just he's kind of just been the whipping boy for that franchise for, for so long, and yet he's, you know. And, again, I, I fucking despise the Boston Bruins, but I can't begrudge the fact that a lot of their success does come on the shoulders of a guy like Tuka Rask and to see him just basically just be, you know, thrown out to pasture and just kind of forsaken by so many people just like after one shitty game here and there, like everyone's going to have a shitty game. Jeff Skinner had a fucking terrible game. He looked like 2019 Kyle Oposo out there. He was gassed all night. Like I hope was he on protocol because he might be about to, like he just seemed out of breath all night. He didn't do anything. He kept doing those drop passes to no one. Okay, for the last time, if no one is behind you, don't do a drop pass. That's the only time it fucking works. So if there's no one following you for the drop pass, don't do the drop pass. Because they're yeah, just going to take the fucking puck. Stop! Yeah. Stop doing it! You're making me be Dwayne. I don't want to be Dwayne. Dwayne does a better Dwayne than I'll do. But I'm fucking mad. Just stop doing dumb shit. Fuck. I'm so over. I'm so over. Ah. I tweeted it it's out. So frustrating. You know, I find it difficult to stay awake during games. I really do. And that's tough for me to say, man, because even as long as it goes like last year, the year for, I would even with how bad this team's been, like, I would still, you know, start, watch games from start to finish. And this year's just been especially difficult, man, because, like, we all knew what this season was to be. It's, it was supposed to be about individual development, uh, you know, young players getting more of an opportunity, which we've seen guys thrive, like Casey Middlestat when he's healthy, Tage Thompson, um, you know, Dylan Cousins, seeing these guys getting these opportunities to play and thrive with those opportunities. But, like, the consistency is just – the only thing they're consistently doing is losing. <laughs> I mean, it, it it it's it's you know you know the efforts there. You know, notwithstanding, you know when you don't count tonight, the efforts there. They're battling. They're, they're not. They're going down fight swinging. But you know, at what point as a fan base do we sit here and say enough is enough? Like we can't do another year of this. We I don't want to sit here and talk about Shane Wright for the next six months. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I just don't want to be that guy. I don't want to fucking have that be like the main topic of uh, the na- main narrative for Buffalo Sabres fans for the next six months. I don't want it. No, please. No. I mean, we can't just keep fucking like, we can't just keep putting our eggs in the basket. Of the- all right, let's go ahead and read this. This is a nice little novel here. <laughs> yeah, Nick Ritchie can be a good asset in all phases of the game. But our issue right now is that we need to get shit together and show we're going to fight and compete. Because if we don't, guys like Richie will just not will not step foot in the room. If I was Owen Power, I'm probably asking myself, should I even come to Buffalo? I don't want to think that, but fucking act like you care. Fuck. Trust me, these guys do care. Um, Don Granato, you know, is a guy who's going to let them go out there and play hockey. Uh, you know, we don't see a lot of nights like tonight. Yeah, they're losing, but like they don't go out and give that effort every night. That that was, I don't know if that's with you're not having guys like talking Ocposo 
uh, and Tage Thompson in your lineup, I think, you know, those guys do make a huge difference. I don't know if they make that big of a difference tonight with how bad they looked, especially like in their own end. But yeah, um, I, I, I would have, I would have liked time, having Tuck, Krebs, and Ocposo in the lineup. They'll, I, yeah, they'll... that too. You know, I, I think, I, I think, I, I think Owen Power in at added this lineup. He knows that he's going to log some very significant minutes and get a lot of opportunities in Buffalo next year. And you got to remember, we have three first round picks in the 2022 NHL. Three, three first round picks. Like, we don't know how they're going to utilize them. Shoot, there might be a guy that maybe Kevin Adams has his eye on, uh, you know, via trade where he might try and utilize one of those picks to go and acquire. That's going to be an immediate impact player on this team. You know, I'm thinking way ahead, but I really think this team, you're, again, you're not going to have Vinny Henestros. You're not going to have Hayden. You're not going to have, you know, Gergensen's career along with Akposo's coming to an end. Um, I'm not saying they would buy Akpo. I don't. Th- I think Akposo. They, they got what They each got one more year left. After yeah, this, I think so both I, those guys probably finish out their contracts um, without a maybe doubt. They'll, especially with maybe they'll try the to put them on waivers on this year. But I, uh, for me, it's just you know, there's a lot of players in this team that are not going to be here. I, I personally, and I know you've been pretty high on this dude. I wouldn't mind them keeping Mark Pissick around just because he is, uh, he is valued. I think as a right-handed defenseman. Yeah. Um, and he's very stay at home. He keeps the play in front of him. You know, he doesn't make many mistakes and he knows what he is. He, he, he doesn't try and play outside himself yeah. and do and, and be a, be a defenseman that he isn't uh, offensively, you know, stick over stick handle the puck. Uh, he gets pucks on that, you know, and plays well defensively. So I think they could see, you could see a guy like Pesic maybe sticking around, but your will butchers, you know, uh, you your goodbye. Henestroza. Who did you say? Bye. I just said goodbye. <laughs> yeah, those guys are gone, and you're going to make room for guys like Krebs and Quinn and Paterka next season. And there's going to be some other faces too, I think, and I think that I know we'll probably see um, that, you know, are going to help more than those guys are. Granted, I think Vinny Henestrosa is a guy who has really, you know, outperformed our expectations this season. Was he at like seven or eight goals in the season right now? Seven as of tonight, I believe. Yeah, seven after tonight. Yeah, I mean that's not that's something I wasn't really expecting on a Vinny Henestrosa. Maybe that gets you maybe that gets you something at the deadline. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like awesome, guys kind of awesome. playing outside themselves. If he's like a 12-13 goal scorer, maybe that gets you like a third round pick. You know, I don't know. I think that's a win for Kevin Adams, right? That's a huge win. Yeah, I mean you're, you're for telling me you're getting a third round pick for a guy like Vinny, Vinny Henestrosa. I think he's got like a win for yeah, that, if you ask me. I know third round picks are guys are, you know, you know, years away after you draft him, but that's a win if you ask me. Um, you know, Colin yeah. Miller won't be here next year. That's that's a certainty. No. Um, yeah, no. You know, there's a no, lot no. of guys that are you know, are not going to be uh, that are in this current lineup that won't be back there's, next year. You know, there's honestly the Bryson of it all. You know, I mean, yeah. there's with uh, I mean, yeah, the left side's getting stronger and stronger every year. You know, we we haven't even discussed whether or not Ryan Johnson, who is also uh, I believe he's a junior this year in, in the college world. Uh, he could potentially be trying to make a claim for yeah, a spot, or at the very least, come at, yep. or at the very least, come into Rochester. Maybe a guy like Matias Samuelson finally gets his look. I don't know, you know. But uh, but I think the bigger thing is that we can't just keep relying on these, uh, you know, year-long entry-level contracts for guys that still haven't found their identity, still haven't found their place in the league. Like we got to start like putting our eggs in the basket of the people that we're signing, like drafting 
getting on entry level deals, like people who we can actually build a culture around. Mm-hmm. Because if like you know half the team just comes and goes on a yearly basis, like how how the hell do you how the hell do you build an identity as a group with the with like the core pieces if literally everything around them is just coming and going and scattering? Oh shit! Looks like it's just me now. All right. Well, hopefully he comes back. Uh, let's see here. Sorry about that, Steve. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there either. But uh, we we're, we're still alive. It's good. good. Wasn't expecting. All right, here we go. Let's. Uh, wasn't expecting big things. I know we were going to see losses this year, but when you lose the, like this, it's just extremely frustrating, tough to swallow. I got much more to say, but I'd rather listen to you guys and save it for your channel. Right on, brother. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, this is this is the first time that I've felt an inkling to wear the Where's Kim jersey. Just. And I hope that I don't have to wear it again this season. Like this was just the first night where they basically no one came out to fucking play. Jack Quinn came out to fucking play because it's his first game and he did so much better than I thought he would have possibly done in his NHL debut. I'm so excited. I think if he has some more offensive power, like if, you know, like if it's Cousins Quinns and a competent winger that's not Vinny Hinestroza as a permanent forward fixture, I think that that line could do a lot of good things. I think Cousins and Quinn are clicking with each other, like, just already. And that was 60 minutes of one of the worst games they've played all season. Um, Just, fuck. Yeah, this team needs to start building that identity, and I think part of that identity does need to be somebody who can actually play hockey, but also actually teaches them to use their body. And I do think that Tuck could be a part of that equation, because in his first game, as I... You know, we were talking about this in text. Uh, you know, even though he just came back from six months of recovering for a shoulder surgery, he was throwing a lot of checks, a lot of hip checks, mm-hmm. but he was throwing his body around. He's not he's not afraid to get into it. And I think if anybody's going to teach these guys that, like, you can't just uh, poke, check, stick, poke. Uh, you cannot just stick, poke the Tampa Bay Lightning and hope to get possession. You got to body these fools. You got to take them out of the equation if for no other reason that after they make that pass, it's going to take them three to five seconds to catch up with the play that they just created. And that's one guy out of the equation. And I think if Tuck is sticking around and with a contract as long as his, I hope he is. I hope that he teaches all these young kids that every so often, you know, you're going to have to throw the body. You're going to have to get nitty. You're going to have to get gritty. You're going to have to get ugly. You don't have to get dirty and like malicious, mm-hmm. but it's a physical fucking game. Yeah, you gotta like play said, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of puck watching tonight, like you said. Um, one of the first goal they scored, um, Jacob Bryson stopped and coasted uh, back to the play. I think it was uh, the the Palakal. I, I mean, maybe it doesn't make much of a difference, but he stops and he coasts and he just tries to stick check. He's like, dude, skate through him. Just skate through him. Even if he still gets the shot off, maybe you disrupt him enough by skate. Like, don't stop skating. Skate through the guy. Like that just drove me nuts. I I, I just you know, there are a lot of things about tonight that, you know, I just – I go back and I watch it and it's just like, Jesus Christ, guys, like, what are we doing? Like, stop playing so soft. Get physical out there. Get angry. Like, in dodgeball, get angry. Get mean. Like, like just like, you know, I'm going to somebody. I don't know. Like, Jesus, come on. Like, just play a little bit of physical – little, phys- little bit of physical hockey. It makes a difference. Like, P- Andrew Peters – 
pointed out in that last game with Aspen in the corner. It was just like, dude, you coasted, you 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 skated hard in to get to the mat to get on the stopped at the last and second. You just stick checked him. You just stick checked him. You should He's put a body on him. Put a body on him. Create the turnover. That's what like that's what's lacking so much in the with this hockey team. And just like I I, I again I. I I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but Nick Ritchie's the type of player that you want because he's going to go out there and he's going to do that. If he knows he's playing for his career and he's not playing in a city where he's literally every little thing he's going to be doing is going to be talked about after the game. Why it, Why aren't you producing? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Like, like a city, like, like it, like it happens in Toronto or it was happening in Boston. You know, maybe he'll thrive in that type of a, of a setting. Maybe like, you know, that weight will be lifted off his shoulder. He'll yeah. come into Buffalo and play like, and play like a wrecking ball. You yeah, know what I mean? Spotlights. He's not scoring 10 goals for me. If, even if he's scoring seven, but he's literally – every time he's on the, on the ice, he's making his presence known and, <laughs> and, 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 and making guys hesitate when they have the puck, especially behind their own net, behind our net, or along the boards. They have to look over their shoulder because they know big uh, – big, Big rig, Nick Richie, whatever the fuck you want to call him, might be coming. Dick, Nick. That kind of hesitation can create a turnover. You know, it makes them make, maybe make make a bad play up the boards. Like that's the whole point of having a guy like him. Yeah, I mean, I think he would thrive in a in a city where the spotlight isn't on him. And uh, you know, I mean, especially next year, if he was coming here next year. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be infinitely more focused on you know Quinn Paterka Krebs being permanent fixtures, Owen Power making his debut, uh, you know maybe some flashes if a guy like Portillo or Levi leave the college system and then go to the Amherst, get a couple call ups here and there. I don't know, but I don't think anyone's gonna be you know losing sleep at night because oh well Nick Ritchie uh, you know yeah. He, if he just had his stick on the ice that one time, you know, he might have been able to bury that deflection, but it just hopped right over his stick because he wasn't quite playing. No one's going to do that to Nick Ritchie in Buffalo. Nick Ritchie is going to be the dude that's just throwing people over his head or standing people up like a brick wall like Risto would, and it's like, oh, yeah, great, good. You'll get a couple goals, but you're also not going to be wrist lining and get bodied by a ghost in the corner for no apparent reason. You know? Yep. That was uh I don't know, man. That was, that was a tough like, game to watch. Yeah, we um, got we we gotta get we gotta get some sort of actual fucking identity on this team and it can't just be you know, we got a lot of heart. We can't we we, we gotta play like it every night if we were gonna be the guys that got a lot of heart. You know, if if there's nowhere to go but up, you can't go this far down. Like I don't expect you with a half AHL lineup to, you know, reasonably compete with the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, but you got to pretend you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it yeah. might, it might be a three, six game instead of a six, one game. I could live with that. You went out there and you did something. You don't, re- you don't rely on 30% of your offense from a kid making his debut. You don't get one and only goal that, Anybody paid professional hockey better be able to bury if that puck gets on your stick in that situation. Like, you know, a door closes, but then a giant cathedral-sized window opened on the other side of the net. So there you go. Congratulations, Vinny Honestros. Jesus, that was just... Mm. 
Fuck. Yeah. That was miserable. Sabres play again on Thursday. Uh, they travel to Nashville. And then Saturday, again on Saturday, they travel to Detroit for a back-to-back against them. Or Detroit, I think, comes back to Buffalo on Monday. So, you know, maybe I know Detroit's ha- having a decent season, right? I, I think they're having a, a decent season this year. Yeah, they're doing much better than anybody. Yeah, much better than last year. They, they were I, uh, they were down there with us in the uh, in the predictions of uh, oh yeah, they're just going to be fucking bad. Uh, yeah, and they're and not. No one ex- no one expected Cider right now. They're and, about, uh, right around five hundred. Uh, they're sixty sixty and four. Um, playing in uh, San Jose at ten thirty tonight. So a lot of interesting stories come out of San Jose too with Evander Kane. Uh, expected his contract will be terminated and he'll have a new team soon. I guess there are teams out there that are interested. Her Calgary is one of them. Um, I mean, which, if Tony D'Angelo can get a fucking contract, Evander Kane can get a contract. Yeah. You know, I'm not a big fan of either of those guys and types of human no. beings they are, but, you know, oh, no, hockey's a business not. and people care about if they're going to go out there and produce. So that being said, Steve, I got nothing left. Um, not much to say. Only positives you really can take out of tonight um, are obviously uh, um, Jack Quinn and his debut, six shots on that out of their total 18. They had 30% of their uh, shots on goal. And obviously the biggest negative outside of the loss was the injury to Ukapaka Lukanen. Yeah, I'm really hoping uh, he, it's a lower really body injury. Me. Don Granato said in the post game that, um, you know, that he, uh, he wasn't sure right away what exactly it was, but the training staff knew knew precisely what it was right away. Um, I'm hoping that's not hinting towards something involving his hips. He has had issues with his hips in the yeah. past. He's had double hip surgery, and hips are pretty your hips are pretty vital vital when you're a goaltender. So let's hope that's not what it is, or his knees or anything like that. You know, I just you know you know hopefully whatever it is not very serious. Because I think even think Malcolm Subban might have been hurt there during that game after that collision with Maroon, because he every time he got up he was very there was some hesitation uh, when yeah. the play was leaving the zone like you can watch him he looks like he was uh, had something lingering from that Maroon hit uh, that he yeah. took a penalty for so hopefully there's nothing there and we're not looking at Aaron Dell coming being called back up to Buffalo because you know I give can't me Michael I'm sorry but give me Michael Hauser I'd yeah, rather see right? Michael Hauser than Aaron Dell. But a couple clicks for Malcolm. Yeah, he led in that fucking gimme goal right off the hop. But after a certain amount of time, you know, I think the other two that he faced, those were just like somebody was right on the barn door yeah. not being taken by the defenseman and no one, you know, there's nothing he could have done. Yeah. But, you know, after that, after that, he tried to get his game back together and especially essentially like fighting let's through a mild concussion. For fuck's sakes. Like, yeah, I want to see Malcolm this. Subban finally get a fucking W. But yeah, you know, a couple like, cl- couple clicks for him for turning it around after you know getting put in in the worst possible circumstances. Yeah, I, uh, you know, second period start, around, just hanging in there. Just one of the in most lethal power slaughter because that's what that was. Literal firing squad. Thick and tough, but you know that guys. Uh, this has been another fun yet depressing edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. Um, yes, there it is. Where's Kim? <laughs> Hashtag where's Kim. Thank you, Richard. Uh, thanks for subscribing. Guys, remember, subscribe to us on YouTube. Just search Two Goalies, One Mike on YouTube. Give us a couple likes, a couple comments, and please subscribe. It does help us a lot when it comes to getting the show noticed and getting our expo- getting exposed to the uh, hockey world, the podcasting world. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Two Goalies, One Mike. 
pound that subscribe button. Give us a five-star rating. Really appreciate it, guys. It helps us a lot. We appreciate you for sticking around here late at late in the night. It's 1044 p.m. Going to probably fall asleep watching something uh, here tonight. One last comment. Big save by UPL on Kucherov. Credit to him for the way he's playing because we have to bring up because uh, we have have had to bring up because we've had no choice given the circumstances and not because we felt like he like he wasn't ready. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, a couple clicks for UPL for sure. So uh, that kind of guys, I'll hang up and listen. Remember, this is brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. Uh, why haste? Go to the place to buy a case. Uh, exactly. Right there. There's, there's your cover photo. Uh, this is another, another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen, guys. We'll see you on Saturday against – no, Thursday. Thursday tomorrow, Thursday night against the Nashville Predators. Peace. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Come on, let's go to the blue hotel i wanna live at the blue hotel the podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.